Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. Joining me today on the next of our fundamental series for Scrum, I have friends of the pod all from the ISBN Enablement Operations Agile Operations team, Justin Chrysostomo, Danielle Jones, Sunny Sangha. Hello, friends. Hello, Brent. Hello, hello. Today, as part of Fundamentals, we're going through the next event, which is a retrospective. Danielle, walk me through what you believe a retrospective is. Well, I'll walk you back through it. See what I did there? Oh, look at I'm you. Kidding. I'm kidding. So retrospective. I mean, it's not. It's a time to introspect, obviously, on kind of what you did individually and as your team, how they performed. What can we do better? What did we do this friend that maybe we did not enjoy. Um, what can we do to change that for the next time? Did we get through everything we wanted to get through? Um, did we have a lot of people out on vacation? Do we feel like we didn't communicate well? Like so many things that you can kind of look back and just kind of inspect and adapt your process and kind of, you know, this is a good time to beat yourselves up or give yourselves like a pat on the back, you know, and change things up to make it better, not worse. Always want to continually improve. So for those of you on the audio version, you don't know that Sonny is completely <laughs> nodding his head really, really fast. Like there's something he really wants to say, Sonny. No, I'm like the Churchill dog. <laughs> well, for the British, for the British listeners um, who are used to that advert that comes on often on our TVs here. <laughs> the nodding dog. No, I agree totally with Danielle on all the points that she just mentioned. Um, I think teams should spend more time looking at the data as well inside of retro before getting into the actual format um, of like generating the insights it's more okay let's take a step back and let's let's look at the different artifacts we can use right from even scrum um, if we're going to talk if the team's doing scrum let's look at some of the um, burn downs look at the reports that are accessed by the tools that we use and then take a step back for a couple of minutes to look at that before we go and do the generate, generating of insights. Um, I think that's sometimes missed. And even when I look at some of the scrum masters that we coach, that sometimes that's sometimes a missing thing. Justin, first off, give me a thing that we haven't covered yet. Second off, I want to talk about when it comes to retrospectives, be the first person to talk through the thing you wish you saw more of in retrospectives. So Sonny's already done the, I wish we had more review of, of the sprint data. Give me a different one. I don't know if it's cheating or not, um, but it's what comes after the retrospective. And I think the thing that I see most teams needing more of is remembering that they had a retrospective. Too often the retrospective is held and then promptly forgotten until you come to the next retrospective. Not sure. carrying those learnings into the sprint and revisiting them at times during the sprint periodically, that's the thing that I think uh, is missing. So that's probably the biggest one, right? I think often yeah. where you just totally forget about it. I'm guilty of that in mm -hmm. sure. 19. So you like, yeah, <laughs> right. I raise my hand Wait. on that one. Uh yeah. I think that's that's one that every scrum master or coach says. It's like if there was one thing you could do differently about retrospectives, what would it be? Oh, I don't know. Hold the team accountable to all the things that we agreed we were going to do. Yeah, right? I think one team I worked with, they were pretty good at it in terms of that a continuous improvement section on their board, like which they, which was let's take an action, right, and continuously improve, um, which was cool. Let's do this. Uh, so. Danielle and Sunny, is there anything that you want to make sure that we cover that we haven't yet? Um, I think kind of touch, touching on what Justin said is why don't we kind of revisit and 
what we've already established to be something that we are not doing well. We kind of just missed the mark on that. And why is that? Because we don't like to bring up that maybe we're not perfect or, you know, is it just, yeah, is it uncomfortable because we're, we think maybe we're repeating and maybe we're not growing as a team and we don't want to actually like put it out there. So definitely want to cover maybe some reasons we think we don't revisit that may not be great that came out of the retro. I was just going to say, Danielle, I think you make a great point, which is why are retros so challenging for teams Mm -hmm. to hold them when you hold them, to hold them account, you know, to hold yourselves accountable to it, uh, to to talk about it outside of it. It's, it's, I think that's at the heart of it is people are uncomfortable. It's awkward. It's a thing they're not used to. There are high stakes, right? These are the people I work with every day. If, if I ruin a relationship by being too honest, uh, I'm going to deal with that ramification day after day. I think that's something that needs to be addressed as well. And I've had some conversations with folks who think that, well, the retrospective is, was too much and too mature for the team, for the average team to be cool with. Like, we're going to do this every single time and we're going to be this open and it's going to result in these things, these things. Mm-hmm. Most teams of, of technologists and engineers and, and what have you are yeah. just going to run from that, right? Yeah, you, exactly. They hear about it, they'll run from it, much less try to do it. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, I can't come today. I have a conflict. <laughs> yeah, the conflict yeah. is like internal. I get it. Yes, yes. I I have a conflict. It's called projection or it's called, yeah, exactly. I think a challenge that happens and something I'm I'm curious about your feedback on this is that our role as a coach, our role as a scrum master is to be responsible for the process and to improve the process. What that turns into for retrospective is you're sitting there trying to say that the team needs to be better. The challenge for scrum masters and the challenge for how to help the team understand that they need to be better. And I think some of that comes from what's your intent. So I think if we have good intentions and we say to the team as part of our working agreement, my job is to help the team be better. And my intention is to always be in that mindset. And so I'm trying to tell you to how we get better, not how you get better. Yeah, and then you, you can very quickly like say to the team at that point the scrum master is part of the team so it's 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 our problem and i think it's the way you maybe approach that conversation with the team is kind of like it's us together in it rather than oh here's your actions and this yep. is what you need to go and resolve because yeah that's a different stance well i think one of the things that we haven't covered is who should be involved in a retrospective we know that the stakeholders should not be part of the retrospective I've been on teams where they have said the scrum master needs to not be here. And that's cool because it's like, look, sometimes you want to have a conversation that may be about me, how, you know, I would prefer that you have it with me, but you have dev managers who want to be part of a retrospective. You, you know, you have people in the chain of authority who all of a sudden want to be part of the retrospective and Danielle's giving me the, oh yeah. So yeah. who else do you want or not want in a retrospective? No, I was going to say I had a dev manager who was mainly, he was the people manager for people on the team. Um, and he insisted on being in there every time he tried to use them as one-on-ones um, for feedback to people. And I was like, absolutely not. So then from then on, the retrospective had like a bad taste in everybody's mouth. They didn't want to say anything. 
they were like, well, is he going to be here? And then if he's not, then he would ask people on the team, like, where are the notes from the retrospective? Oh, like, I want to yeah. see them. Was it recorded? And I'm like, so he made them feel very uncomfortable. And they're like, well, you're just going to show it to them. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, this is, he's not here. It doesn't go out of this room. I will give him a quick synopsis, but that's it. Um, so yeah, very insistent on having himself in the meeting. And then it became a, it wasn't a safe space for the team to actually like air out what the issue was, whether it was with him or not. It could have just been something they want to reflect on themselves, but they didn't want to look bad to their manager. Um, nope. So yeah, they should not be in there. It creates a space where people don't want to speak up and they don't actually want to say they need an improvement because what is that going to do you know, for my performance review, et cetera. Well, and I've had a VP who read retrospective notes because we we were transparent the team I was with we were very transparent we would say here are the things that we talked about here are the things that we think we need to improve and here are the things that we think didn't go as well as we wanted I had a VP who actually reached out to my boss's boss and said I want to know who said that not only no because I don't remember who wrote it but heck no because you know that violates all of the principles of a retrospective what I stopped doing at that point was I said, I am done writing up this transparency piece for you because you want to use it as a weapon and we can't do that. Yeah, that, that level of individual asking for that is the reason that level of individual cannot have that. The All of those things. is why I'm not going to give it to you. Yeah, exactly. and it's interesting as well because that individual may have spoiled it for the other VPs or his or her peers because having that transparency at that level is not a bad idea if the response back is, how can I help in certain areas? But, but now I'm... that transparency has been taken away for potentially <laughs> the other ones to potentially have that conversation with you. And the... I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. What's your intent? Is your intent to find out how to make things better or is your intent to find out who said what so that you can use that as a weapon, right? Weaponized meetings are never good. In the time that we have left, give me the one thing that you wish we could dive into as a deeper topic when it came to retrospectives. Sonny. I think really high performing teams, and I've only again seen one, right, do this um, in most recent times, well, recent times, is how do you do retrospectives on the go? Conversations that are actually like retrospective you would hear in a retrospective, always on the move, whether that's in a daily scrum, whether that's them sitting next to each other when we were in the office or on calls. But teams are always looking at continuous improvement all the time and talking openly about that with one another, where they're not waiting for the retrospective to happen. I think that's many different, like multiple facets to get right in a team to get them into that position. I think that's the dynamics of the team, individuals, um, shared understandings, um, shared knowledge of like the domain and the skills as well. Um, and having that most of all um, psychological safety to have those conversations all the times. Because I think one of the ways I've tried to, do, well, it goes back to the retro though, but it's getting them to think about it more often and putting it down somewhere, which then hopefully encourages them to talk is I've, I create the retro board for the next sprint, like at the start of the sprint. So I'm going, so if you've got anything that you can think of over the next 10 days, put it down, but I'm hoping they will talk about it as well. Then if you're putting it down, talk about it. Yeah. 
So that's, that's one tool. Yeah. Hang on. Danielle. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, See, Sunny, this is <laughs> way too <laughs> much time there. <laughs> no, I'm just going to piggyback kind of on what he said about, you know, creating the sprint or the retrospective board at the top of the sprint. Um, so you can continuously talk about it. Hopefully they'll put it down. But what do you do with the feedback from your retrospective? Where does it go? What do we do with it? How do we use it for something actionable? Dustin. So this one, I think, touches on on what Sunny said as well. And it's that um, the team shouldn't go to retrospectives. The retrospective should meet the team. And what I mean by that is you're, you maybe don't want to talk about the people stuff in a, in a new team. You want to focus fo purely keep focused on process. Or you don't want to do good, bad, and ugly uh, with this particular team because of the way they think. You want to do draw the sprint or have enough variety in your toolbox to make the retrospective ready for the team, not the team ready for the retrospective. I'll throw a plus one on that because I think one failing that Scrum Masters have, and I've done this quite a bit, which is the Scrum Masters get comfortable with a form of retrospective because they know how to run it. They run it really well. And that is their go-to. You have to, as a Scrum Master, as a coach, you need to be able to pull different retrospectives out of your toolkit because to your point, you have to be able to meet the team where they're at and meet the process where it's at. If you're trying to shoehorn a process into a thing that may not work, you end up with teams that say, why are we talking about, why are we doing this format again? Which is the perfect place that teams tell you it is time for you to have a different format. The piece of advice to give to new scrum masters is to have different retrospectives, get out of your comfort zone so that you can help your team improve and yourself improve. That so all assumes you're paying enough attention yeah. to your team. Well, you know what? If your, know team, what they need. Yeah. if your team yeah. tells you we're done having, can we do something else? Oh yeah. Well, th there's your flag. All right. Well, I think this is a perfect place for us to end because I'm going to have to edit this down to 15 minutes. Everyone, thank you for joining me. As always, a pleasure. Uh, until the next iteration, I'm Brent. I'm Danielle. I'm Sunny. I'm Justin. Until the next iteration, Danielle, what kind of rating can you get? About? Five stars. <laughs> a five-star rating of your favorite podcast provider. You can reach out to us up mail at info at faster than a standup.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was faster than standard. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.